Good morning. Welcome to Devotions for Worship on March 30th of 2020. We begin by remembering our baptism. Galatians 3.27 tells us that for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we make the sign of the cross and say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many of the uh, the prayers this week are taken from hymns, and, uh, and so some of them may sound very familiar. Our prayer this morning is, Blessed Jesus, at your word. Blessed Jesus, at your word, we are gathered all to hear you. Let our hearts and souls be stirred, now to seek and love and fear you. By your teachings, sweet and holy, draw from earth to you, to love you solely. Father, Son, and Spirit, Lord, praise to you in adoration. Grant that we may trust your word, confident of our salvation. While we here below must wander, till we sing your praises yonder. Amen. We confess our faith this morning using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our scripture reading today is Mark chapter 12. And Jesus began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the wine press and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to find to get some of the fruit from the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they were seeking to arrest him, but feared the people, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came to him and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. 
Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And the Sadducees came to him, who say there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but leaves no child, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring. And the second took her and died, leaving no offspring. And the third likewise. And the seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as a wife. Jesus said to them, Is this not the reason you are wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as the dead, and as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and that there is no other beside him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus saw that he answered wisely. He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself said in the Holy Spirit, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. And in his teaching, he said, Beware the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury 
watching the people put money in the offering box. Many people, many rich people, put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put more in than all those who contributed to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. As I look at this, uh, this passage and think about what, what is Jesus teaching us here, I, I think that one of the most important things for us to grab is in the uh, encounter with the Sadducees about the, re- the resurrection, when Jesus says to them, Is this not the reason you are wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. Um, it, it really strikes me that uh, in, in many of the studies that have gone on about the church recently, that one of the biggest problems that we are facing uh, in the church is biblical illiteracy. People not knowing what the Bible says. And so in, because they don't know what the Bible says, they insert their own ideas about what the Bible says or, or what they think the Bible should say. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and that comes from not having the, the, the full view of, of what the scriptures teach. And, and that gets us into all kinds of uh, wrong, wrong uh, uh, understandings and, uh, and wrong opinions about what, what does the Bible actually teach us? What does God actually want of us? Uh, it, it seems to me that you know, as I read through the scriptures that God does not think the way that we think all the time. And that the goal is not for God to think the way we think, but for us to hear what he says and for us to conform ourselves uh, to him. And and part of the way that God thinks that's so very, very different uh, is this radical forgiveness that he gives us in Jesus that completely changes the way that we look at so many things uh, in our lives. When we begin to see more and more of his grace, it, it changes our attitudes about how we need to perform uh, in relationship to others. You know, so the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, they're all about their own personal performance. And, and I think that sometimes we carry that within ourselves. But Jesus leads us to grace and then from grace to obedience. Um, that the, the relationship with God uh, to love him really, in many ways, begins with his loving us. That's what it says in 1 John. We love God because he first loved us. Uh, and then uh, all of a sudden, that leads us to love our neighbors. And, and that's what transforms us, is this act of love and this, these acts of mercy that, that God does in our lives. And the, the other thing that grabs me here is that line about knowing the power of God. You know, the power of God is really experienced in his grace. We do see his power in acts of judgment and acts of righteousness across history. But I sometimes wonder if we have entered into a phase in history where we look back at some of that and we say, oh, those were nice stories. But the power of God is really kind of at this distance. And what we really need to do is just take care of ourselves. And that attitude is wrong. The power of God is very much at work. 
the difficult thing is that the power of God is often hidden behind, uh, well, Luther said that God hides his work behind masks, saying that, you know, he works through government, he works through parents. And I think a, a great image for, uh, for us to grab a hold of that is in the sacraments. When you look at the Lord's Supper, do you receive bread and wine? Do you receive Jesus' body and blood? And the answer is yes, you receive bread and wine. And yes, you receive Jesus' body and blood. You receive bread and wine, and in, with, and under that bread and wine, God has put Christ's body and blood for us. And God works this way in, in many different things in life, that he hides behind uh, the, the powers, the structures, to do good in this world. And then he calls us to trust in him. You know, and then we... we, we often look and, and don't trust this power to be at work in our lives, this power to transform us. And that leads us then to think about how do we have to work harder? How, what, what do I have to do in order to appease God? And it leads to all kinds of, of guilt. So when we think about the power of God, I think one of the most important images to think of is actually the cross. The cross looks like a total, utter uh, defeat of Jesus. But there we see Christ defeating sin and death for us. And if we get the impression that there's something more that we can add to that, I think that we're gravely mistaken. And we need to turn to the Lord in repentance and come back to him in faith to trust that the power at work in the cross and in so many other aspects of, of this world, uh, they're sufficient. And we can trust in him uh, to do the work that he is doing, to bless us, to benefit us, and to bring his kingdom to the, the neighbors and, and into our own lives. So, so let's pray. And the prayers for today actually uh, ask for God to help us to understand and believe his word. And they are prayers for increased faith, hope, and love. Father in heaven, we know that the Sadducees went wrong because they knew neither the scriptures nor the power of God. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us to know them through your word, that you would help us as we read your word to understand what you are saying to us and to believe you and to trust that you are truly at work through the power of the spirit, through the word, to create faith in us, to create love in us, and to empower us to love our neighbors, to love you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, but also to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so we pray, Lord, that you would increase our faith and help us to trust you all the more. And that during these somewhat frightful days, that you would fill us with hope, hope in your promises of everlasting life and the defeat of death. And that you would fill us with love, love for one another, love that flows from your love for us, so that through us, others may experience your love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And we pray as he teaches us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go with God's blessing, remembering now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Have a blessed day, and God willing, we'll have a devotion here again this evening.